Well, thank you, Courtney Miller, but it's not Grant McCarran this week on the Australia Desk. It's just me, Steve Vischer. I'm giving Grant the week off. He's gone up to the New South Wales Central Coast to a huge hot air balloon festival, and uh, he's having a great time up there, and I'm sure he'll be back next week to tell us all about that. Well, of course, as you know, I was uh, recently over in the United States, but it wasn't all about interviewing really cool Red Bull Aeros pilots. I was also lucky enough to catch up with Rod Rakick from Open Airplane for a bit of an update on what's going on in that wonderful program. It's great to see you again, and great to see you up and around. Thanks, mate. It's, uh, it's nice to be up and around. And uh, the last time we met was at Oshkosh in uh, 2011, and we talked then about uh, your exploits with the Civil Air Patrol flying a great Australian product, the Air Van. But uh, since then, you've been very busy, and you've uh, actually set up a really great initiative, Open Airplane. Can you tell us a bit about the genesis of that and uh, what, what you do with that? Genesis is a good word for that. Uh, in 2011, it was just an idea. Uh, while we were at the air show, we started having conversations with folks around the industry, especially the aviation insurance industry, and we wanted to really create a way to make everybody's pilot certificate more valuable. So we really started partnering with the insurance companies first and grew from there a service that became open airplane. And really what we want to do there is make renting an airplane as easy as renting a car. That's the real challenge, isn't it? When you go to get an airplane now, if you haven't flown there before, you've got to go and do a checkout, you've got to do all the insurance stuff. I guess that's where it all came from. Yeah, it was our own frustration. It was that um, typically pilots are faced with having to waste half a day and hundreds of dollars anytime they go to try to rent an airplane anywhere from but their home base. And it's a bit ridiculous, and it really keeps a lot of folks from flying. It keeps pilots from uh, really getting as much value as they could uh, from their pilot certificate, and we aim to solve that. Now, insurance company is one thing, but interesting the setup. I mean, it must be huge. Obviously, the pilot community here in the U.S. is much larger than in Australia or probably any other country, but I guess there's a lot of regulatory uh, framework that you had to go through to set up. How, how did the FAA look upon this? So we designed the service really to fit within the framework of the current regulations here in the U.S. And nothing that we do with open airplane in any way conflicts with the FARs. So we're very inspired by the sharing economy. We're very um, much a collaborative consumption business model. Uh, One thing that may be a little unique is we're 100% legal here in the United States. Well, that's a good thing to hear, and uh, I want to talk to you a bit later on about uh, how we're going to expand this to other places, you know, like Australia, but we'll talk about that a bit later on. Love that. Let's talk about the Universal Pilot Checker. How does the the process work? Um, You know, you're you're a U.S. pilot with a U.S. certificate. You're coming in, you want to get on the program. How, uh, How does it go about doing that? The Universal Pilot Checkout does three things for the pilot. One, it resets the clock on the flight review that typically would be required every... 24 months. We're going to do it every 12 months. It offers the pilot up to a 10% discount on renter's insurance. And then finally, it gives the pilot access to the same make model aircraft in a network of flight schools, FBOs, and flying clubs all across the country. If I was an FBO operator here, and there's nothing better than the the great American FBO, I'll tell you, I wish we had them in Australia on a much greater scale. But it's really an advantage to them, isn't it? It gives them the opportunity to get more pilots coming in and spending money in their business. We think so. So when we first talked about this in 2011, it was really an idea and a business model and a concept. We 
took that idea and we turned it into some software and, and really a community of people who wanted to see this happen. And so in June of 2013, Open Airplane launched with six locations around the United States, a couple of dozen airframes available in the network. Today, um, here in October of 2014, we are now in 72 locations around the United States, all across the country, including Alaska and Hawaii, with over 250 aircraft available to rent through Open Airplane. We've had over 8,000 pilots sign up and create profiles to fly with Open Airplane since we launched the company. So it's a wonderful success, really. I mean, those numbers in Australia would be would be stunning to get 8,000 pilots into it. But here in the U.S., still a, a great start. We've got a good running start out. We still have a lot to go. Uh, when we started, we were limited to single-engine aircraft. We were limited to aircraft at low-altitude airports. Last January, we expanded the fleet to include light twins. So we've got uh, a growing number of light twins uh, coming into the network now. Uh, we've got everything from two-seat LSAs to tail draggers to twins now available through Open Airplane. You know, obviously, when we uh, we learn to fly, we learn to read uh, charts and maps and all that sort of stuff. But there's, um, you know, a lot of people might be saying, well, what about local procedures? You fly in some complex airspace. I recently was flying in uh, San Francisco, some very, very complex airspace there. How do you deal with that uh, situation? It's a great question. So we always knew that when you go to do a checkout somewhere, uh, part of the reason for that is to sort of apply the tribal knowledge, the things that aren't necessarily on the chart or in the AFD that make flying at a particular airport more convenient, maybe safer, uh, letting you know where the great places to fly are. All that information is usually transmitted um, in this kind of, you know, archaic way of, you know, let's let's do that while we try to bounce around the pattern. And we could do that better. So we created what we call the, the local procedure briefing. Every operator in the open airplane network publishes is information that they otherwise would have to try to jam into your head while you're bouncing around in the pattern. Yeah, which is obvious. That's sometimes not the best way to learn it either when you're trying to, you know, fly the airplane. The experience that we designed is that when you're on your on your flight to your destination, you've got that information. You can consume that on your iPad or your smartphone or your desktop computer. Make that part of your pre-flight planning, your trip planning, your vacation planning, your business trip planning, and. That way, when you show up to rent with Open Airplane, you've used our software to find the aircraft that are available to rent. You've booked the reservation through our software, and you've now prepared yourself by being able to do the weight and balance for the aircraft and the tail number that you're actually going to fly, get all that detail on the avionics on the aircraft by tail number that you're going to rent that day, and really be prepared so that the experience we designed is that when you show up to fly, you are prepared as a pilot, they hand you the keys and the clipboard. They ask if you have any questions. They walk you out to the aircraft. Fantastic. Now, foreign pilots, obviously. Now, I'm fortunate. I have a U.S. pilot certificate and an Australian pilot's license. But for somebody coming from the U.K., Canada, wherever, I guess particularly Canada when they're just across the border, is this something that foreign pilots can access as well? Yeah, so this has been popular with foreign pilots who have converted to FAA certificates. So many pilots from abroad convert their their, their IASA certificate or what have you to uh, an FAA certificate. And then they can use Open Airplane to fly when they come here. Joining Open Airplane, you can do that if you're a, a you know not a domestic pilot. You can input all your information. And then you can book a universal pilot checkout when you first come to the States. Now, the requirement for a foreign pilot, even if you have a converted certificate, is to have a, a current 
and flight review. Well, every Universal Pilot checkout is a flight review, so you can really kill two birds with one stone. So we've got folks coming from Germany and Australia and all that, England, Canada, who are signing up for open airplane while they're at home, booking a Universal Pilot checkout with open airplane instead of just finding some random flight school to do an old-fashioned flight review. That means when they get here, they meet the requirement of having completed the flight review. They're checked out to fly at that particular flight school, but then they have this magic power. They can book and fly with over 70 locations across the U.S. while they're visiting the country. And let's face it, if they're coming to this country, then uh, there's a fair chance they want to travel around. That's what I've been doing the last three weeks. We built this for you, Steve. Oh, that's fantastic. I appreciate that, Rob. Okay, let's talk about um, expansion. Obviously, you want to expand it further across the U.S., but particularly with countries like Canada that border onto the U.S. Is this something that you see going across borders? I mean, obviously, we'd like to see... I'd love to see something like this in my country, but um, perhaps a bit closer to home to start with. The situation is that today we are limited to the U.S. market. Uh, and registered aircraft and whether you're a US citizen or you're a, uh, a foreign pilot coming to fly in the US uh, we're only doing and registered aircraft in the US we absolutely have our eyes on the horizon to see where else we can bring this next any place around the world where there's uh, a, a vibrant general aviation community is a great place for open airplane to come next we're really just focused on proving the model here in the US we've only been doing this for just over a year now and we want to make sure that when we go uh, global that we've got the resources to do that so it's really just a matter of time and of course if people want to find out more about this if they haven't checked it out they should go to openairplane.com yes uh, you can go to openairplane.com and it works on any device there's no app to download uh, you can find the pilot guide, you can find the map of locations, you can sign up and create a profile so that we can uh, keep you up to date, all at openairplane.com, on a smartphone, on a tablet, on a desktop computer, it all just works. Well, it's a fantastic concept. I wish you every success with it, and I hope we can speak again soon and you can uh, tell us when it's coming to Melbourne. It's great to see you again. I look forward to being able to tell you that. And in fact, I took advantage of Open Airplane myself and went uh, over there to Airwork at North Las Vegas, a great FBO there, and uh, actually took advantage of taking a review flight myself. A really good option there, as uh, Rod mentioned, for not only US pilots, but people such as myself who uh, have uh, certificates from overseas uh, coming into the US who'd like to tour around. So uh, once again, openairplane.com. Check it out, folks, particularly if you're a private pilot, a great uh, thing, and let's hope they see it over here or something similar to it very, very soon. Well, that's everything I've got for you this week on the Australia Desk. I'll be back next week, hopefully with Grant. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. Cheers, folks.